Blessings. Welcome to Divine Feminine Rising with Mesdeline. I'm Mesdeline, a mystic, author, Reiki master, divinely feminine belly dancer, and now podcaster. Raising divinely feminine awareness is my passionate purpose in this lifetime. Guiding people towards empowerment and personal transformation is my joy. My intention with this podcast is to entertain, educate, and illuminate as I share the power and magic of the Divine Feminine. Thank you so much for being here. I'm grateful for your time and attention. Today I want to talk about people who feel different, the outliers, the weirdos, the prodigies, psychics, healers, the list goes on. You know who you are. Those of us who feel like we don't fit in feel that way for a reason. But hopefully this podcast will help with understanding and acceptance of who we are and the gifts that we have to offer to the world. So people who are divergent often feel separate and also fearful of other people's responses. Some of this comes from this lifetime and some from past lifetimes. So in this lifetime, I have talked to so many people who have these feelings of being different or unusual or not normal. And what most of us have in common, I'm one of them, as you can probably tell, most of us, what we have in common is that we were made fun of, Perhaps our parents told us to be quiet, don't talk about those things. Uh, We learned to stay silent and to pretty much try and keep our weirdness to ourselves. So in reality, uh, these people often have something really unique and valuable to offer the world. They might be natural channels of information from a higher source And they might have a natural-born healing touch. Just putting their hands on someone can take their pain away, take their headaches away, bring them relief. And yet these people are afraid to, to do these things because of the responses that they've gotten. And so there's different categories that have been developed that people might fit into. One of them is clairvoyant, and these are people who have the gift of prophecy. They might have prophetic dreams. They might have prophetic visions. They might be a psychic who can predict what's going to happen in the future. And then there's the clairaudience, and these people hear things that other people can't hear such as the voices in their heads. And then there's the clairsentience. And these people feel things that other people don't feel, such as energy or, um, for in- a good example of this, is an empath, someone who's very empathic. Someone can tell them that everything is fine, but a person person who is clairsentience can tell that they are not fine. 
people like this can walk into a room and even if people look and sound like everything is okay, they can feel the tension in the air. And so they know that there's something out of balance there. So for myself, I'm a mixture and most people are. They have a little bit of everything in them. And I think we all are born with these natural abilities. Everybody is born with some degree of these natural abilities. But uh, some people are shut down at an early age and the ability might not be strong enough to power through that. That process of being told, you know, be quiet For me, I am mostly clairaudient and clairsentient, and so I'm a strong empath. I feel what other people are feeling, and I've had to work really hard on that and not absorbing other people's stuff to figure out, is this my pain I'm feeling, my emotional pain, or is it someone else's pain? Those kind of things. But as far as clairaudient, that is when people hear voices and So people like that are sometimes thought to be crazy, mentally ill, whatever. And I have to say that if those voices are telling people to cause themselves or other people harm, that is not coming from a divine loving source. And so, yes, those people, I would consider them to be mentally ill and they need help, right? But... People like me hear things from a divine source and a story that I could tell about this for myself to give as an example is that I was very ill for two years and I at times couldn't even hold up my own head. I was very weak. My life force was just drained out of me and I went to several doctors I went to all the ologists, you know, they started me with the cardiologist and the rheumatologist, the endocrinologist. Anyway, no one could find what was wrong with me. The cardiologist said, you have the heart of an 18-year-old athlete. At the time, I was 60. And he said, but you have no chi. Well, that impressed me that a cardiologist used that word. But anyway, uh, one day I was at a dance workshop and I was sitting because I didn't have the energy to take the class, but I wanted to watch the class and learn, you know, through watching. And I looked down at my leg and my left leg was swelled up like a Zeppelin. My right leg looked normal, but my left leg was so swollen. My ankle was a cankle. It was as big around as my calf. My feet looked like, oh, they were just, it was a blob, my foot, not my feet. It was a blob, and my toes were like fat sausages sticking off the end of my foot. It was pretty distressing. And I looked at that, and I thought, what is that? And I heard a voice. It said very clearly in my head, stop eating sugar. I was like, uh, okay. And so I went home. This was, I was out of town when this happened. I went home and I stopped eating sugar and I cut out a lot of carbs. 
that my body could turn into sugar. And within three weeks, I felt more energy than I had felt in over two decades. I felt more life force energy than I felt in my 30s. The weight started falling off of me because I had cut back the carbs so much. And when I talked to a doctor about this, I, I explained what happened. And, and he said, well, of course you have more energy. You lost weight. I was like, no, I got the energy before I lost the weight. But, you know, you get looks when you tell people things that, like, you're nuts, right? They roll their eyes or they get a look on their face of... So anyway, I felt so good. So this voice obviously came from a loving source, right? That had my highest good in um, check there. I've had other things like that happen in my lifetime where I heard a voice, stop the car now. As I'm driving down a road, a country road, stop the car now. I heard this voice, I stopped the car. (laughs) And around the corner came this car going at a very high speed that missed me, swerved and missed me by about an inch. If I hadn't stopped the car, when I heard that voice, I would have been in a head-on collision. I don't think I'm the only one who has these things happen. I know I'm not the only one. And we can all, all choose whether or not to listen to these things. But those are just a couple of examples of hearing voices, right? So I see that as a gift. But most of us have been taught that these kind of things are not normal and perhaps even bad. And in childhood, we're shut down and shamed. And society has even conditioned us that these things are devilish, you know, or satanic. So, of course, this instills fear, and we become afraid to listen to the voices, afraid of the visions that we see, and we automatically begin to shut those things down. So, in essence, we're afraid of expressing who we really are in the world, right? Being who we really are. So once upon a time, and I mean, you know, a couple thousand years ago, when people saw their children talking to the air, talking to things that weren't there, or at least they couldn't see, um, when they saw their children displaying unusual gifts, like telling them about a dream they had that something was going to happen, and then the thing happens... They would send these children to the temple because they knew they were special and they knew that what they had was of great value. And at the temple, the priestesses would teach the children how to use these abilities more fully, how to grow these abilities. It might be second sight, healing touch, uh, scrying, seeing illnesses in people's bodies, whatever it was, these gifts were valued and children were helped to use them more fully. Now, this was before Christianity. This was from a time when there was more of a balance between the divine feminine and the divine masculine. So after Christianity... Anything 
out of the ordinary like that was declared satanic, especially if you were a woman. So if a man heard voices from beyond, he was called a prophet. If he saw visions that other people couldn't see, he was called a prophet. But if a woman did, she was called a witch. And it's estimated that between 500,000 and a million people in Europe alone were killed as witches. And most of them, of course, were women. And these women were often healers. They were herbalists. They made herbal teas to help with pain, with, to help with illness, to help with relaxation. They were the midwives that helped with childbirth. They were the healers, and of course, most of them were over 40. So they were the older women who often lived alone, and sometimes even natural disasters were blamed on witches, like the crops died because of drought or whatever. And so these women who didn't fit in with the societal norms, they might be loners, they might live alone, they might have an ugly mole on their face, uh, they might have a black cat, for heaven's sakes. These women were easy targets, and they could be accused just because of these crazy things like birthmarks and pets. So there's this meme I've seen on Facebook, and I've seen it on signs in stores that say, I am the granddaughter of a witch you didn't burn. Well, I'm here to tell you that witches were killed, but their families weren't always killed with them, right? So many of us are the daughters of witches who were burned or drowned or hung. Currently, I know women who are afraid to talk about their abilities, who see angels and fairies, or they hear the trees telling stories, they're afraid because of past life things that have happened to them and the punishment that they received for voicing these abilities or being convinced that these gifts were really curses. Now, I know that not everyone believes in past lives, and that is perfectly valid. I totally get that. Um, but I want you to know there is also something called genetic memory. And science has proven that our bodies carry the generational trauma of our ancestors. So whether it's your past life or the life of an ancestor who was killed as a witch or a healer, that fear is genetically instilled in, within your body. So when I was teaching at an elementary school a couple of years ago, they did an ACE training. It's called ACE, A-C-E, and it's Adverse Childhood Experiences. And during this training, I learned a ton of things. But the thing that really stood out was the thing called epigenetics. And this is the scientific study of ancestral trauma being carried within our bodies. And they told of a study with rats and how they blew the scent 
of cherry blossoms into the cage of rats and electrified their feet at the same time. Horrible, I know. Poor rats. They did this, I don't know, for about a week, I think. And then when those rats bred, when their babies grew up into adults, they would blow the scent of cherry blossoms into the cage. They wouldn't electrocute them. They would just blow the scent of the cherry blossom into the cage and the rats would react. They'd get really super stressed out and jump around, right? And they did this generation after generation. And what they found was that up to the seventh generation, they would react to the smell of cherry blossoms. And that's just mind-blowing. The Native Americans have talked about seven generations. I learned that you know, growing up on a reservation that, that the belief and understanding that what we do now, the decisions that we make and the actions we take in the present can either benefit or harm up to seven generations into the future. And here they just, they do a scientific study with rats and show that this trauma is carried for seven generations into the future. And so it validates pretty much, you know, that ancient wisdom that indigenous people have carried with them. So it's just amazing that we can carry this trauma from the past, as well as the trauma in, you know, our current lives, and that it can shut us down from being who we really are. What I want to say about that really is that if you felt normal, if you felt like you fit in, you might not do the things that are the things, very things that will change our world for the better, right? It's those people who have, like Einstein, who was super smart, the people who are maybe musical prodigies, and the people who have visions and create amazing inventions because of those visions. People who hear voices who can help other people because of it. People who have a healing touch and can help relieve people's pain. Those kind of people are the world changers. They're the ones that are creating change and bringing the balance back into the world. They're the very people who it's important that they feel safe to express who they are. So what I want to conclude with is that for over 2,000 years, society has conditioned us that if we're different, there's something wrong with us and we don't fit in. But I'm here to say that it would be really super boring if the world was all the same. If all the people in the world were the same, how boring that would be. But mostly, I want you to know that your gifts are needed now more than ever before. So I encourage you to fly your freak flag and be who you really are in the world because you have the power to make the change that we need to bring the balance of love back into the world. So I'm hoping that I've brought you some understanding around 
fear you might have of being yourself in the world and that you can step out of the shadows and into the light so that your glow can be a beacon for others. Thank you for joining me today. My mission is to help bring back the balance of the divine feminine to spirituality and to the world. Please share this episode with anyone interested in the divine feminine and personal empowerment. And know that this podcast is a labor of love. And if you'd like to connect with me further, please reach out. You can find me at mezdaline.com, Divine Feminine Rising with mezdaline.com, Mezdaline Bliss or Mezdaline on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. And please join my mailing list to receive my newsletter if you feel like doing that. Allow the light of your love to shine. Be the change. Lead the way. And remember, your light of love is a needed gift to the world that only you can give. Thank you again for listening, and may you find your bliss.